you're going to make it big, make it big. <laughs> well, oh that's our way of announcing that we filmed a lot of lessons today. We sure did. Yeah, congratulations. Coming soon. Emotional, social, and physical education. Yep. Darn near done. Darn near done. <laughs> Which means so. we we're more than half. <laughs> yeah, it's it's we are. exciting though. I'm getting some really good positive reports. So um, tell us about your experience riding the bullet train. I've never done that. It's not on your bucket list? It is. I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for asking. <laughs> So tell us about that look. So is, tell us about your experience of riding really the bullet train. Yeah, what it is, is it like? It's fast. What sensations did you feel? Nothing. <laughs> I didn't have tea, so I used just my water. But it, it's it's amazing smooth. All the tracks are welded. Wow. Regular tracks, you know, you, you hear the doesn't have those because going so fast, they're all all the tracks are welded together, ground smooth. But it is an amazing thing to ride. Is it quiet? It doesn't talk much. That's <laughs> <laughs> sad. Yeah, it is pretty quiet. It's, it's just a neat, neat thing. I love exciting technology. I, in the third grade, which was way back there, uh, we used to watch dinosaurs out the window. But in the third <laughs> grade, uh, I invented <laughs> A thing I called the tube. I actually drew it up. I have <laughs> my dear mother kept it. It's this picture of the tube. And I had the tube go down the highway. And the idea was these cars would go through the tube and they would travel supersonic. Really? Supersonic means faster than the bullet train by two or three times. Faster than jet airplanes, except for the supersonic airplanes. And you know, it's still a pretty good idea. I think mm -hmm. what I have that. And I had it all figured out so that you would be able to have the car come off the high-speed tube and go to the local tube and get within a few blocks of your house and you could walk. How neat. Mm -hmm. It's really neat. I think it's fun when our minds are attacking problems and coming up with new ways to do things. Mm -hmm. Wonderful new ways. And our ability to attack a problem is impacted by how much knowledge we accumulate. If you don't know about it, then you can't do it. Uh, they had an engineer help build the bullet train. If he had not learned the math and the science and the engineering, <clears throat> that would have never happened. And a million people a day? That's a lot. That's a lot of, of people. And you know, many of those people will actually commute to go to work. They just can't. It's that fast. It's neat. I love them. I love technology. Yes, you do. And I think that technology is one of the reasons that we're able to feed the world and that we're going to be able to feed the world in the future. And feeding the world is important, but all of the other things that we enjoy, we need more people developing these skills and technologies to make new things. We do. Yes, we do. Um, Thank goodness the the whole truck challenge is over. <laughs> They're still voting on that. They're still voting? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Lehigh buys votes. <laughs> I, I, yeah. 
Either like that, that or he's got quite a following or the other. But anyway, <laughs> so now it's time to get on to the next thing. And you know, uh, I have shared in the past a few times my interest in housing. Uh, it's nice to have a fast train to get from the house to the office or wherever, mm -hmm. but it's also really nice to have a wonderful, comfortable place when you come home. And I think having good, comfortable housing for everyone is going to be very, very important. So I've been on a project for several years. We started the project thinking about the way the home would become intelligent. What could your house do for you? And we came up with a lot of ideas. Uh, you may remember when we exhibited at the Comdex sure Convention do. in Las yeah. Vegas, when people lined up all the way through the hall wanting to go through the home of the future. Mm -hmm. it, it was, was amazing. It was pretty neat. What would you put in a house? What would you put in a home in the future to make it better than anything else? And by the way, if you have a really good idea, I would really like to hear it because I'm really, really serious. Uh, do you remember when we showed you Ryan's preliminary scratch, sketch mm -hmm. of our intelligent homes? Let's take a look at that again. This is kind of what we're, we're thinking they might look like. And this will evolve quite a bit. In fact, tomorrow's a big day. Yeah, why? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> because I have a meeting with the architects on this house. So this is kind of like a, an artist's rendering or concept. Tomorrow we're gonna to start figuring out how actually to build it. And homes need to be comfortable, need to be, they need to be home. When you get there, you gotta feel like I'm home. They've gotta have space to do all the things you wanna do at home, and yet at the same time, people gotta be able to afford them. They gotta be safe, they gotta be all these things. Um, we're adding a lot of technology to these homes. Tobias talked about how, with the bullet train, they were really concerned about safety. And of course, it's foremost. And he also said that in Japan, they do have a problem with earthquakes. Uh, we happen to be in a part of the, the nation where, here in Kansas City, where we uh, very rarely have tremors and earthquakes. Other places have more. But where there are earthquakes, they're a bad thing. They're, they're dangerous, they're scary. And so one of the things we wanna do is build this house so that it will endure an earthquake well. It's a good idea. We don't have earthquakes, but we do have tornadoes. Yes, we do. Mm -hmm. And tornadoes can be devastating too. And so we also want to build this house so that a person living there would be able to survive a high intensity tornado, and we want to build that in. Mm -hmm. We want to make it energy efficient. We want to make it so that the energy cost will be minimal. All of these different things to make this really an amazing, amazing place to live. Um, how do you make a nice house cost less? Build it out of cardboard? <laughs> I know what you're thinking. No. no it's, well, the materials make a difference. Yeah, but we want to have the best materials. We want to have materials that are very good looking and very low maintenance. Mm -hmm. And that usually means expensive, expensive, and expensive. And we would like this to be 
you know, the home for everybody. That's what Henry Ford said. He loved cars, and he thought, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could make a car that could be within the price range that everybody could afford one? And he did, and he changed the world, and now almost all families uh, have a car. Uh, we'd like to build a house that everybody can afford. And one way to lower the cost of a house is to make it smaller. Uh, the problem with small houses is that they're not as big. <laughs> and you can't, you can't put as much stuff in them. You can't do as many things. So part of the idea of these new next generation thinking houses is we use the space for multiple things. Mm -hmm. Push a button, the laundry room appears. Push another button, it goes back into the floor. Or better yet, why don't we just do away with laundry? <laughs> that would be a lot more simple, wouldn't it? Explain that. <laughs> we would have to get to know each other on a whole new social level. <laughs> so what I was saying, <laughs> I think that there's a lot of things that we put in houses that maybe we want to put somewhere else. For example, uh, does anybody like to swim? Yes. I think everybody should have a swimming pool. Really? Yeah. Swimming awesome. pools are great. However, it takes a lot of cost to build a swimming pool and to clean it, maintain it, mm -hmm. keep the water pure, etc. So what if we were to figure out what parts of the house we should have inside and what parts we should share? And I think this idea of making a better swimming pool and sharing it with wonderful friends and neighbors would be a great idea. Now, maybe that's not for everybody, but it, it sounds kind of neat to me. And I think there are a lot of things we try to do in our house we could do better in our small community, a housing community. And I think we could make these little communities really, really neat. So to go after a house, my idea is let's, let's don't build a house. Let's build a little community. And let's make it the most wonderful place in the world to live. And then let's make them everywhere. Let's make them affordable. Let's make them durable. Let's make them safe. Let's make them look neat. I love it. And that brings up one of the challenges that I, I need to reach out to the Acellus student team for. So I am looking at a piece of ground that could be acquired to build this little community. But I don't know what to call it. I'm thinking it would be fun if we set up another vote thing and let everybody vote on mm -hmm. names. So today, what I'm asking for is ideas. If you have an idea to name this thing, please shoot us a message, let us know. We're going to pick out the ones that are absolutely the neatest, and then we're going to put them up and let you vote, because we want to know which one most of you like the most. It's got to have a neat name okay, mm -hmm. for this mm -hmm. amazing future village. But there's some things about it that you may not like, but maybe are good for you. You know, kind of like veggies. Some people don't like veggies, but they're good for them. Right? And so we have to learn to like them, and we can. But there are things in a 
in a community like this that we really should have, for example, a lot of the, the best minds studying the subject are realizing that people are, are healthier in communities where they get a chance to walk a little bit. Mm-hmm. You've all seen the famous uh, video clip where the lady with her hair all up in curlers goes out and jumps in the car, backs the car out to the street to get the mail, and drives back in. <laughs> That's kind of the mentality we're getting into. Uh, we were growing some, some einkorn wheat. We're still growing it. By the way, we've got this year's crop in the ground, and it's already starting to come up. And we're really excited about the einkorn. But when we were first starting out, we thought we want to grow it organically. In other words, we don't want to use a lot of chemicals to control the weeds and the insects. So we were working on it. And lo and behold, when the first wheat field we planted started coming up. We had this little wheat. And then these strange weeds popped up. And they must have grown a foot a night. They just And they were one here, one there. They're scattered throughout the field. They were really tall. And our farm guy said, yeah, we can take care of them. Great. We got to get rid of those. It wasn't that many of them. So they got this attachment for the front of the tractor. And it was called a wicking system. And it had this pad that would suck out plant killer from a tank. And as the tractor would go along, this thing was above the wheat, so it would hit the weeds. As it would go by, it would get a little bit of this plant killer on it, and the, the weeds would die in the next few weeks. And I looked at that, and I thought, my goodness. They could have just walked out there and pulled them. There weren't that many. <laughs> but that's work. But that's the mentality mm-hmm. that we, we kind of get into. And you know, you can carry it too far. And maybe, maybe it's even a good idea to get out and, and sweat a little bit. <laughs> Exercise is a very, very, very important part of being healthy. It really is. You cannot be healthy without it. Uh, and, and you know what's wrong? Why do we need to exercise? And the answer is our physical bodies were made to go a long ways on a tiny bit of fuel. Mm. We're very efficient. We can really do a lot of things on just one little. Could you say that again, please? <laughs> no. <laughs> I want to drive that home. <laughs> that fuel's been spent. <laughs> I would like to have them hear that again. They, they can get that in social, emotional, and physical education. <laughs> yeah. But it is true that we need to use these bodies to keep them in their best shape. And communities where, you know, I'm not against cars, especially if they're hydrogen, but maybe we keep cars around the outside. Mm-hmm. And we live in the inside, and if you want to go places like over the swimming pool, which is good exercise too, maybe it's okay if we walk a little bit. Maybe walking's a real good idea. There are many cities around the world that I visited, for example, in Japan, in Taiwan, in Europe, in South America, in Australia, where they do a lot more walking than we do here in Kansas City. And those people are healthy for that exercise. And I think a community ought to make you want to walk. Mm-hmm. Ought, to, ought to be just a beautiful place, a place where you just love to go out and walk. There are a lot of things that we've got 
designed to make this home intelligent and revolutionary. And it's going to be really fun to see how that all works out. And a lot of these, you know, it's picking the right trade-offs. Uh, this seems like a good idea, but isn't as good as that one in getting the right things. But uh, I'm actually really excited to live in this home. You know, one of my modern-day heroes is uh, my brother, Elon Musk. <laughs> okay, well, I'm, I'm not sure we're brothers. <laughs> in fact, I've never met Elon, but you know what? I sure like some of the things he's done. Mm -hmm. And you know, uh, in, in just one lifetime, which is, he, he's still going through that one lifetime, but just in one short lifetime, look what he's done. Yeah. Look what you've done. You've done a lot. Well, I'll tell you what I did. What? I saw those little trains of lights going through the sky. Yeah. You know, the Elon trains. Uh -huh. yeah, you talk about the bullet train. Well, these are the space trains. Yeah. About hydrogen and the cellars and gold. I was thinking about <laughs> starting the company to build these, these wonderful homes uh -huh. and we'd have wonderful living space inside them. Mm -hmm. So I could start a company called Space Y. It's right after SpaceX. No. That, that would no, work. But, but seriously, Elon is doing things that, that are amazing. And he's doing it in many fields. Do you know he's making brick? Yes. Because he's got to get rid of the dirt he's tunneling out with his tunneling machine. His tunneling machine to make underground roads and things. And you've got to get rid of that dirt, so why not make them in brick to build houses? And the amazing thing about this good person is that he actually doesn't just talk about it, he does it. He's a doer. I like doers. Talkers are a dime a dozen. Good talkers are nice. They, they teach courses and things. Yeah, it's wonderful. And those courses, they inspire us. But doers. Wow. Doers. So, so if I'm not a doer, then okay. I wasn't mentored. Okay, anybody that started their own company and did all the things you did is definitely a doer. Thank you. A talker, a doer, a teacher, <laughs> all of it. Okay. Can we edit that part? Anyway, so I'm just saying, I think coming. it's exciting, and we need to have some good names. I'd like to have a name for the house. Another way that we could save cost by shrinking the house without it feeling smaller would be to get rid of the doors. I figure the doors take up about 15% of the space in a house. And you say, it's kind of nice, close a room. You know, I, I, I'm up for that. I like opening and closing spaces. Oh, okay. But do you have to have a big thing that swings and takes up 15% of the room? I don't think so. So last week, I gave myself a challenge, the door challenge. You're looking at something else. Did How I about lose your attention? I'm telling something about last week. Try and keep up. I'm listening to the door challenge. You, you came this, up please? with the door challenge. I am listening. The door <laughs> challenge. So we've got folding doors, mm -hmm. we've got pocket doors, we've got swing doors. Got French doors. I don't speak French. We've got all these different kinds of doors, but I've got a brand new door design 
and now I have a brand new door team that's going to help me build it that needs a name. It needs to have a really, really, really neat name. Did I tell you the name I'm thinking about? Yep, but you don't remember. Does it start with an H and end in an N? No, what is it? <laughs> it's a hidden door. A hidden door? Isn't that what you said? Isn't that what I said? <laughs> <laughs> or was it invisible? This door technology needs a name, but just think. This is a door that opens and closes itself. And what actu actuates it? A motor? No. That'd be a bullet train. No. No noise. No moving parts. Except for the door. It is actuated by muscle wire. Muscle wire. Remember nitinols. The wire that expands and contracts goes back to the shape it was taught when it was last heated. Wouldn't it be neat if the nitinol would open this wire? And what if instead of the door, you know, swinging or sliding in or... What if it literally folded itself into the wall? I mean, so that watching it would be part of the adventure. <laughs> I'm going to go home, watch the door for a while. <laughs> you can make it that exciting. But I know we, you can. <laughs> we can make it. We're going to. You'll see. Right here. But it needs a name. I don't think people should try naming it, though, until they... Until they, they see it. it. Okay. You know, it's, You're going to show it on Science Life? Of course. N no. Of course. No, no, we're not going to show it on Science Life. We're going to invent it You're step by step it. on Science Life. Oh, okay. It's going to evolve right before our eyes. Science Life is where we get ideas and where we get some of the knowledge and the power to be able to do things. And on that note, today I want to talk about something that everybody needs to know and not everybody does. I want to talk about what really makes computers work. Everybody says, oh, I, know about, I know about computers. You just, you know, type in your stuff there, and there it is. I want to go look under the hood of a computer and see how they really work. Computers are the simplest thing in the world. Hmm. Everything inside a computer, everything a computer does is so simple, and yet altogether it's overwhelming. And now we have people sometimes even coming out of college as programmers that don't really understand a lot of the basic functionality. They just know programming at a high level. <coughs> That's to prove I'm not an android. Sir Yukov. No. <laughs> Do you remember when we were doing the truck challenge, we got into relays? Mm -hmm. We had to have a relay to be able to handle the high power that those lights take. By the way, it's still working real good. Is it? Yes, it is. But a relay is a device that is a remote-controlled switch. It turns on and off. And you can flip a little switch that runs a little bit of power through a little wire over to the relay, and then the relay <laughs> clunks over and flips a big switch to turn a lot of power on and off. I've got a relay here I want to show you. In fact, this little yellow thing is a, a relay, and this is was a relay. Uh, I actually took the Dremel tool and cut the top off so we could see it. And this little thing goes up and down. And as it goes up and down, it touches 
two contacts together and breaks them apart. So if you put a little voltage in this electromagnet, the magnet pulls the switch down, and then when you turn off the power, it opens back up because it has a spring that pushes it back open. So that is what a relay is. Today I want to talk about a solid state relay. And make sure that everybody's got in, in their minds, a relay is a device that has a magnet made by a winding of wire around a core. When you hook electricity up to it, it becomes an electromagnet. The electromagnet pulls a lever that's hooked to two switches, two contacts that come together. When you turn off the power, the magnet goes away and a spring pushes the switch back open. That's a relay. Well, what if you could do that, not with an electromagnet, but what if you could do it electronically? And that is where you get into, started with vacuum tubes, and then eventually we got into transistors. What are transistors? They're amazing. They're a solid state device, and solid state electronics is what so much is about. I want you to take a look at this, this picture. Here's, thank you very much. Here's two kinds of transistors, an NPM, which stands for negative, positive, negative, and a PNP, positive, negative, positive. Transistors are made by growing a coating or a deposit of a particular substance. And some of these substances, they grow a very, very micro-thin layer of coating when you're making a transistor. Some of them like to give off electrons and some like to take them. That makes them a positive or negative material. And so when you grow a semiconductor, you put these different layers on top of each other, hook wires up to them, and what you get is a relay with no moving parts. And this is how it works. If you look at my little diagram again here, this is the symbol for a transistor. And we have an emitter, we have a base, and a collector. And what happens is that the electricity wants to flow through the transistor. You hook up a big battery or a big power source to the transistor, and then you put just a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of electricity on the base. If electricity's there, then the current flows through. If there's no voltage applied to the base, then the electricity doesn't flow. I like to think of them like a stoplight. Let's say that right here on this main circuit is the road, and there's a big semi coming down the road, and it weighs thousands of pounds. And B over here, the base, is a street light. How could a streetlight stop a big, giant truck turn red? <laughs> so if the base turns red, then not only the truck, but all the trucks stop. So a little teeny light is controlling all of these big engines. And that's kind of how a transistor works. Only in this case, it's just a tiny, 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 tiny micro amount of electricity controlling a large amount. And you say, well, why? That's like a relay, except in a relay, you have an arm moving up and down. And you can go faster by turning the power on off faster and faster, but pretty soon you get so fast the arm can't move that fast. But with a transistor, there's nothing to move. It's solid state. So you can turn it on and off faster than a relay. 
In fact, you can turn on and off so fast that you could put sound from a microphone in there on the bass. So in here on the bass, you have a micro voltage coming out of a microphone, and it's controlling a big current that can go power a speaker. And that's how telephones and audios and stereos and everything work. So there it is. Simple, 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 simple transistor. That, my friends, is a computer. Of course, there is the rest of the story on how that's a computer. That is a single transistor. And if you put a little bit of voltage, a little bit of power on the base, it turns the current on and off. Now, some of you say, prove it. Okay, prove it. See? <laughs> so now we know who's social. Okay. So here's our, our, our relay. And I've got two of them here. And it has contacts. Two of the contacts go to the coil that turns on the electromagnet, and the others are different sides of the switch. But if we move over a little bit further here, you see this little gizmo right here. And I'm even going to try and zoom in a little bit more on this. Can you see that little guy? Oh, he's upside down. But it's a little case with just three wires coming out. And guess what those three wires are? Maybe we can even get them right side up there. Look at that. See that little black thing with the three wires? Well, turns out that those three wires are exactly what we're talking about here, the emitter, the collector, and the base. And also turns out that this particular, okay, let's zoom back just a bit. This particular transistor that I have on my little breadboard happens to be a PNP transistor. Why? Because that's the one I pulled out of the case. And the only difference in how you use it is just how you hook it up. But let's see what we can do with this dude. So I'm back in my little circuit. Now, I've got a, a breadboard. If you haven't seen one of these, you really ought to, ought to look at them. I'll bet some of you are going to need these breadboards because they're pretty <laughs> neat. These have little holes that you can stick wires and circuits into, so it's a real easy way to connect things together and do an experiment. And in this particular case, there's some red lines and some blue lines, and those are connected all the way up and down the board, so it's like I can stick everything in there to have positive voltage or ground. And so I use it to build up my circuit. In this particular case, I want to see if I can get this transistor to control some power. And so what have I got the power going to? I have the power coming in to this emitter. I've got the little base in the middle, and the collector on the outside here goes to this green LED. You know, we really could zoom in. Well, that was nice. Did you see how that worked out? Mm -hmm. Okay, now we can see it. So maybe just a hair back wouldn't hurt. Oh, now we're making it dim, which we don't need. That's good. We really ought to have a course on how to run these, right? <laughs> okay, so this little LED right here is so we can tell if we have power coming through the transistor. I also hooked the output to this relay, and it has a little blue LED here. They're just stuck in these holes so that we can see if the relay trips. I'm going to go ahead and hook up my battery. Battery's hooked up. And I have two wires 
if we look at the big shot here, I have two wires sticking out that allow me to connect a small, tiny amount of power to the base. If I connect that base, then we should get a lot of power flowing through the transistor to turn on the LED and the relay. So I'm going to try it now. How am I doing? Oh, look at that. If you look down from the top, from the other top, there you go. You see that the green LED came on. That's the one coming out of the transistor. It also energized the coil, which turned on the blue LED. Let me just let you watch while I flick these back and forth. Uh, if you're listening real carefully, you may be able to hear the relay clicking. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually using a transistor to control enough power. I need to make a good connection here to be able to do this. And this is how we amplify sound. It's how we amplify radio signals. All kinds of things are done through these solid-state devices, and they're really amazing. And a transistor is what computers are made out of, only it might be more than one. In fact, I want to show you over here, I have a thing, this black thing, it's called an integrated circuit. And what does that mean? Well, it means it has a bunch of transistors all in one package. This particular one has transistors to turn on power for eight different circuits. I'd like to kind of show you the schematic of this thing so you can see how it works. Look at this. There you go. This is the schematic for this particular integrated circuit. It happens to be a 7404. This happens to be an LS, low power Schottsky. But this is a device that has six of these driver inverters in them. Now, driver means that if you hook up a signal to here, let's say a voltage, let's say five volts, then you're going to get an output on this pin. And because that little circle's there, if this was just a driver, it wouldn't have a little circle. It'd just be a triangle. That'd mean when you hook up power here, then you get power out there. It's kind of like a relay. It allows you to use a little bit of input power to control a larger amount of output power. But in this case, it's got an inverter, which is indicated by this little circle. And that means when I put a voltage here, the voltage goes away on 12. And when I take the voltage off the input, then it puts a voltage on 12. It always does the opposite of whatever I do. So power on the input changes for the opposite on the output. Now there's some reasons why we quite often use inverters instead of just plain drivers. A driver would mean I put a signal, a signal comes out. An inverter can, as an engineer would say, it can sink more power than it can drive, which means going to ground, it can actually control a bigger circuit than it could going to the positive rail or going to positive voltage. So it's a clever way to use electronics to get more power out of it. Let me show you how it works, because I just happen to have this one hooked up. There he is. And I I had some fun. I went ahead and I hooked up three LEDs that are blue, three that are red. Three of those LEDs I hooked up to power, and the other three I hooked up to ground. And then I made it be three of the inverters inside this package. 
if you look, I've got them hooked to the different pins. So what's going to happen is when I don't apply an input voltage, it's going to have power going out of the pins, and so I'm going to see the blue LEDs light up. When I ground the input, take the voltage away, then they're all going to invert, and the red LED sh should come on, which means that it's putting power out. So this is really like having eight transistors in one package. Should we give it a try? Here's my input voltage, and there it is. Isn't that fun? Mm -hmm. I think that's just really, really amazing. Now, what I did is I just hooked the power up to the chip, but now I've got the wire. I'm going to go ahead, I can show this a little more. I'm going to hook this to the ground. And can you see from the top there, when I hook it to the ground, it switches each of those circuits to have a positive output. So it's a way that I can do things. Now, this is a little simplistic, and yet for some of you it's going to be kind of new, but I want you to get it. This is called digital logic. And digital logic is the secret behind computers. And this is real simple. If I put in a signal that is positive, which means a voltage, five volts in this case, actually three volts, because I'm using two batteries, then I get zero out. If I put in zero volts, then I get three out. It always does the opposite, because it's inverting my input and my output. And this is the most simple integrated circuit that you can find. Now, an integrated circuit like this is what a lot of engineers called a popcorn part. <laughs> and why are they called popcorn parts? Because we love movies? No. <laughs> uh, it, it's because they're so inexpensive. They're like 10 or 15 cents. And if you figure that you had to do that with individual transistors, you have a whole handful of transistors doing what this one part does. And this was a big step towards building a computer. Now, just to put this in context, so we have one transistor that I showed you first. Now we have an integrated circuit which has eight drivers, inverter drivers. So let's call that eight transistors. Your cell phone has millions of transistors. So this is what's happening with each of those transistors, but one at a time. And some very clever people <laughs> figured out how to get all those million, and now even a billion transistors all working together to give you the picture you want, to give you the music you want, to give you the social, emotional, and physical course, which you may or may not want. <laughs> but I'm sure you do, because so. This is our int introduction to digital logic. And we're going to talk some more about this, and we're going to get into more complex logical parts. But think about it this way. I could do exactly what I'm doing with relays. Each relay having a little electromagnet that pulls a switch open and closed. That's all these are, is it's like a switch, only it's solid state. Nothing's moving. I'm just creating a negative charge or a positive charge which interrupts or allows the flow. 
But if you start putting a lot of transistors together, you can start doing some really amazing, clever things. And instead of starting out where nobody can remember how we got there, let's just kind of build on this step by step. And when we're done, I think you're going to really appreciate your computer more than ever before. You may even start talking to your computer. Hello, Siri. Because <laughs> you appreciate it so much. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you so much. Okay. All right. Well, we'll look forward to your ideas on this village. What are we going to call it? I want some good ideas. We're going to be putting them up for vote. And uh, we're going to be seeing these houses develop. We're going to be getting the doors. I want every good idea that we can possibly find built into these homes of the future. Will you help me? Let's don't talk about it. Let's do it. What if they name it after you? Are you going to vote for that? I, I have a vote. A lot of them are going to go. I'm going to vote my conscience <laughs> in privacy. Okay. I'm private. <laughs> I am. See you next time. <laughs>